As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers podcast. This is our first episode for the month of April. And if you're new here, let me tell you what that means. During the first episode of each month, I share an energy exchange with you. The energy is transmitted from a particular place in nature that has a healing vibration for you to receive. I share it with you and your higher self receives it and then places it wherever in your body you most need that energy. You may or may not feel it as I share it, but since it is an energy healing, give yourself a little extra TLC today. Drink some more water, take a nap if you're tired, or just go outside for a little fresh air and sunshine. This month's location has been coming through to be shared for over a week now. It's a place I'm well acquainted with, but haven't visited in a number of years, so I was surprised when it came into my awareness. It's a very specific location in Yosemite National Park in California. And not just a location, but a very specific time of year at that location that would like to be shared with you. I'll tell you all about it at the end of the episode, so listen all the way to the end to hear about it and to receive the healing vibes from this special place. Before we get there, though, I want to talk about a subject that I get questions about all the time, weather. Now, if you would have asked me about the energy of weather a few years ago, I would have given you a pretty simplistic answer about connecting with the spirits and energy of storms to work in partnership with them, a very shamanic view of working with nature spirits. But over the past six months or so, my perspective has become a bit more complex. And honestly, I haven't shared much about it because it can feel a little unsettling. And I always want to make sure I'm sharing from the very highest vibrational place possible, especially when I'm sharing information that may not be widely discussed or accepted, even in spiritual circles. But as we continue to experience more and more extreme weather and more people reach out to me to ask, isn't there anything we can do? I want to explain some of the complexities I've been seeing and experiencing so that you can have that perspective when connecting with the spirits of weather. This added layer of complexity came through for me last fall as I was working with the energy of Flathead Lake here in Northwest Montana. If you haven't listened to episode 17, The Power of Love and Evil, that's where I shared about this experience where I first encountered an energetic device that was explained to me to be an artificial intelligence projector. This projector was showing us an image in our environment that we could see, hear, smell, taste, and feel, but it wasn't actually real. It was like a cardboard cutout standing in front of the actual energy of the lake. 
Of course, once I realized the enormity of that, I realized how many other things in our environment must also be projections. And shortly after that, while a major weather event was happening in California, it was explained to me that some of these especially extreme storms are also projections. Now, this can be a hard idea to wrap our brains around. I know it is for me. But essentially, not all weather is real weather. Although you can see it, feel it, touch it, and very much experience it. And to me, that changes how we work with the weather. Because we first have to ask, is this actual weather or a projection? Once you know the answer to that question, you can then ask the spirits of the land in that location what the best course of action should be. Now, I'm not going to get into where these projections come from and what agenda they're attached to, because I don't quite subscribe to these good versus evil ideas that are rooted in duality consciousness. We're the ones that assign the values of good or bad or right or wrong to things. I talked more about that in episode 17. But I would say that there are things that are either more or less supportive and sustaining to human life on Earth. And there are many organic and inorganic type things all coexisting on the Earth plane. So I do think it's helpful, and in some cases downright critical, for us to understand just what it is we're connecting with on the energetic planes. It's also a helpful distinction in our shamanic journeys that will guide us in asking the right questions of the energies we encounter, especially in the middle world. Furthermore, what I realized recently is that there are many people working very consciously with the weather every single day in ways that are not in respectful partnership. That while we're standing back and allowing the energies to ebb and flow as needed, there are entire industries committed to cloud seeding to increase precipitation or reduce the impact of hurricanes, fog dissipation to improve the weather for airplane takeoff and landing, hail suppression, lightning reduction, and more. And that collective intention is having an impact on our global weather and on the weather spirit's inability to express their energy as needed. So I'm going to encourage you, if you feel so called to work with the weather, to start doing so. Because the collective intent of thousands of lightworkers connecting with these spirits in harmony and partnership is far more powerful than we know, and far more needed than we may have realized. So today I want to share a story that will pull these pieces together, because I realized this was beginning to be explained to me a couple of years ago, but I don't think I was quite ready for the whole not all weather is real weather idea. And if that's how you're feeling too, this might help explain some of what's happening. When I first shared this story as a blog post in the late summer of 2019, a literal lifetime ago now, the southeastern United States was bracing for a Category 5 hurricane. And while it was a real, literal hurricane in weather terms, I knew another hurricane was gaining traction right along with it. A hurricane of information, misinformation, and 24-hour news coverage that was 
certain to keep millions of people on edge for days, if not weeks, before and after the actual storm. And right along with the anticipated floodwaters, our social media feeds would surely be flooded with images and videos and stories meant to capture and hold our attention. And not just from the news media, but by us, by our family members and our friends. The same thing had just happened a week or so before with the fires burning in the Amazon. I bet you can still recall the images you saw shared millions of times over. And as that story disappeared from our feeds just as quickly as it blazed in, it was about to be replaced by the next natural disaster shouting for our attention. Each one meant to squeeze more emotion out of our ever-hardening hearts. Our hearts that ache and break from the sights and sounds of the earth and its creatures, including humans, in agonizing pain. But we can endure the constant assault on our emotions. So we make one small gesture, share an article on social media, maybe, and then tune back out. And the media shouts louder, we feel guiltier, so we tune back in and then back out again in a constant cycle. We feel helpless. We take a moment to pray for rain, or we pray for the rain to stop or the winds to blow in another direction. Maybe we donate a few dollars or host a fundraiser for a worthy organization. But to what end? Do we ever stop to tune into the energy of the elements themselves? Should we even be offering energy healing to natural disasters? The question is more complex to answer than we might think. When I tuned into the energy of a wildfire a few years back, it had a pretty direct and you might say harsh message for us humans. If you want to hear it, go check out the highlights on my Instagram profile. I saved it there. Before we can get to connecting with these spirits, we need to take a giant step back for a bit of perspective. You've likely heard people in spiritual circles talk about the separation of worlds in the past few years. Basically, what many predicted to be the end of the world on December 12th, 2012, was in some ways exactly that. Our reality here on Earth split into two separate dimensions on that date. The old, 3D version of Earth continued as it has for centuries, but a new version simultaneously became available to those who wished to live and experience 5D and higher reality. Tons of energies and light codes and ascension codes have been streaming into the Earth since then, and humanity and Earth itself has been shifting to this new dynamic, what we sometimes refer to as new Earth. As the Earth's grids have become crystalline and our junk DNA has been coming online to match with these newer, higher frequencies. Oftentimes, we refer to the physical experience of these DNA upgrades as ascension symptoms. Our physical body is being recoded and rewired, and we have to release things connected to the old paradigm, apparently including ideas about what weather even is. Anyhow, For the younger generations, they're just being born with this upgraded crystalline DNA. It's the rest of us who are trying to make a huge physical shift. However, there is a portion of the population who is choosing to stay in the lower 3D reality. And I promise we are slowly making our way back to the weather, so just hang in there with me. 
as much as we all want to live in this place of love and light and unity consciousness, the reality is that there are darker energies that have controlled many of our institutions and lives for centuries. But they are quickly losing their grip as the earth and humanity ascends. Their only hope is to keep as many of us as possible focused on the old, denser earth realities where they are in control. There are a variety of people who are choosing to stay in that old vibration. Some intend to stay in the old earth reality specifically to experience chaos, restricted freedom, and negativity. Then there are the people who really don't like how it feels to stay in 3D, but choose to not go through the physical ascension process either. These people's souls are choosing to leave the earth plane at this time. There's also many people leaving this earth plane, and what I mean by that is they're leaving their physical body through death because part of their soul contract is to assist the awakening and ascension process from the other side of the veil. But many, many people are waking up now to experience the new earth. And the more people that wake up, the more codes and frequencies that will activate and come online for us all to access. So we each have the free will to choose which reality we'd like to embody. And if you're worried that you somehow missed the memo and are accidentally on the wrong earth plane, there's no need to lose any sleep over it. Your higher self has likely already chosen to ascend or you wouldn't be here listening to this podcast. If you've been doing energy work for a while now, you're probably conscious of how differently these two worlds feel, even if you haven't overtly noticed it. You may have to deliberately lower your vibration just to interact with the people and places still solidly vibrating in 3D. It could be a doctor's office or your kid's school or even the grocery store. Personally, once I become aware of these places, I try to steer clear, although it's not always possible. But once I notice it, I do my best to get in and get out and not stay in that vibration any longer than necessary. Because usually those places sap my energy and it's easier for me to get tripped up in some trauma or drama when I've lowered my vibration to interact on this plane. You can probably think of a place or two right off the top of your head that falls into this category. Let me tell you the number one place I consistently notice this old 3D reality, 24-hour news, and to only a slightly lesser extent, Facebook. Although over the past year, I've noticed that the difference between the two is barely perceptible. I quit watching any kind of national news well over a decade ago, and the local news not too long after that, because if there's something that's critical for me to know, someone will certainly tell me. But most of the rest of it has little to no bearing on my day-to-day life. And I feel so much better energetically without it. And yes, I used to believe it was important to be informed, to be a good citizen of the world. But that's what we're told we are when we read or watch the news. But I've come to realize that there's a whole lot more getting beamed over the airwaves than just light and sound. There's an energetic resonance that's pulling us in every time we give it our attention. I've had more than one experience where I have visibly seen some kind of thought form riding the frequency wave coming out of the TV. It's a little more than creepy. Now, 
As far as I can tell, this doesn't happen on every single broadcast, but it does beg the question of why exactly shows are called programs or programming. I've shared before about how I attach a very high vibrational frequency to these podcast recordings, but my intention is that you can choose to accept it or not. But I have no doubt there are many people in the media who understand exactly how sharing frequencies vibrationally works, and it does make me question what kind of intentions are attached to certain programs. While I've not cut TV from my life altogether, I tend to be super picky about what I give my attention to. If I can feel it pulling my vibration down, I just turn it off. Same with social media. I see it as a tool and do the work to curate my feeds as consciously as possible, and then try to keep the scrolling to a minimum. But back to the weather, energetic or otherwise. What I notice is that when disaster strikes and we all suddenly tune in to get the details, our collective vibration shifts to receive this information, and then we're all susceptible to whatever other energies are getting beamed to us simultaneously with what may or may not be useful details about this particular event. Yuck. So then, what should we do when disaster strikes? And what's the meaning of it all? First of all, remember that the Earth itself is an incredibly powerful, sentient being who is also ascending and existing in multiple realities at the moment. We humans, living here in the middle world, are collectively dreaming and manifesting our world each and every day. So which reality would you like to experience? We're being given the opportunity to release the idea that we're separate from the earth and nature itself, and these large natural events are literally a shout to us to pay attention to what we have created. Maybe not the individual we, but certainly the collective we. So once we're aware of that, what would we like to do next? See it happen? Watch the tragedy unfold on live TV or online for five straight days? Feel helpless, do nothing, and then return to our comfortable lives as soon as it feels acceptable to do so? Or do we want to create another reality? It's clear that our governments don't really plan to do anything about it, or at least not what we think they should be doing. So it's up to each one of us to do this work. However, as we've been talking about through many of the episodes the past few months, we actually have more power as conscious co-creators with the Earth than we've often been led to believe. Some of what we see happening with the weather is lightning-fast transformation by the nature spirits to clear out areas currently dying a slow death. Whether at the mercy of climate change, corporate interests, or unconscious mass consumption of resources, many of the species currently present on this earth plane won't last much longer, so they've agreed to leave now, to make room for whatever's better suited to our current climate, just like a lot of human souls are choosing to do. That shouldn't make us feel particularly good about what we as a species have done to get to this point on Earth, but it is the current reality. However, it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. The world is not ending. It is evolving, ascending, and we can help to clear and raise the vibration to make it easier for us and the Earth. 
to let the older, denser reality go and help bring the new earth online now. So what do you do when a natural disaster captures the world's attention? First of all, turn off the TV and be selective about the amount of media you're consuming, including social media. If you'd like to share about the event, take at least 10 or 15 minutes to research what's actually happening from sources and organizations currently working in the area. Take a few minutes more to share your personal, unique message rather than just blindly sharing the posts you see everyone else sharing. One of the images that was shared millions of times in the Amazon burning was not actually from the Amazon. It was from a wildfire in California. At the time the image was shared, the only images available of the Amazon burning was from satellite images. So just remember that before you click the share button when the hysteria very predictably breaks out online. Do your own research and share your own voice. It will have far more impact and reach than simply reposting a news article that your friends have already seen in their feed many times that day. When you're ready to do some energy work, Get into a meditative state and bring the area into your awareness. Then hold that area in the vibration of love. Imagine this area of the earth in its most perfect incarnation, as it already exists somewhere in space and time. Hold it in its highest vibration with the intention that the storm, fire, earthquake, etc., can fully express itself in perfect service to the earth and all of humanity. A hurricane is a sentient being. Wildfire is a sentient being. Tornadoes are sentient beings. There is so much intelligence present in these storms. Weather is the earth's circulation, elimination, and immune system. Although it might not always feel like it to us, Storms are bringing the balance needed for life on Earth to exist. So do not wish the disaster away. Don't pray for rain or pray for the rain to stop. And please don't attempt to energetically control the weather. Because, yes, it's possible to do, but it could have dire consequences somewhere else on Earth that we can't begin to understand when we put this energy into motion. When working with the weather, you want to ensure that the energy that needs to be expressed has the outlet that is needed. You can connect or merge with the spirit of the weather to help understand its purpose or message. You may be able to respectfully show it the path where it would have the least impact on human and animal life. But again, remember this is a co-creative process between all of the participating energies. So if you feel called to work with the weather, pick up the book Weather Shamanism to understand how to responsibly do this work. I'll add a link in the show notes for it. In a passage from the book discussing weather as a metaphorical expression of the life force of both the outer world and our own inner world, it says, weather is the metaphor, the doorway to the harmony you so desperately need in your world. Weather forces are in your face, and cannot be completely ignored. Indeed, most people are fascinated by them. A relationship between humans and weather is born of a sense of relatedness to all and brings you to those places of harmony and love. Weather is your ally, 
Use each change of weather as a teaching metaphor for your life. What beautiful advice. Now, I understand that if you're in the literal path of a powerful storm, meditating with the vibration of love and not watching the news might feel like a bit of a tone-deaf suggestion. In that case, I do have a few real-world suggestions to help keep yourself safe. And know that I live in the middle of a forest and with the very real threat of wildfire every summer. So these are the steps I've taken myself, including the acceptance that it could happen to me. First, do your absolute best to reduce the amount of information you're letting in. Pick one or two trusted sources like the National Weather Service and Office of Emergency Services to listen to. The most important details you need to know in an emergency situation are whether or not you need to evacuate and which routes are open and safe. But also go with your gut. Don't wait to leave if you're feeling nervous just because there hasn't been a mandatory evacuation. That nervous feeling could be spirit trying to get your attention because it is no longer safe for you to physically be there. Or it'll be much more difficult for you to wait and evacuate later. Know that you're going to feel anxious and it will be difficult not to tune into the collective anxiety of your community. It will feel painful and overwhelming. So just be prepared that not all of the feelings you'll feel will be your own. I've definitely experienced this when we've had significant wildfires nearby. In my case, I just kept spontaneously crying for weeks and nothing had happened to me or my immediate community. It's just in the collective environment and my sensitive antenna is picking it up. When you're experiencing that, it's important to clear your energy body and cut cords as many times as necessary each day. Also, If you've not yet done my guided meditation to call in guardian spirits to protect your home and property, do that now. And I mean everyone, no matter where you live, do that now. These guardian spirits will stand guard and energetically protect you and your home in more ways than you might imagine possible. They'll also help to clear lower vibe energies on a daily basis, which will raise the vibration of your home. I created the meditation to walk you through calling in these protective spirits to remove the low vibe energies and then protect your home. And it totally works. I will add a link to it in the show notes. I actually asked my guides if doing this process to protect your home, especially in the case of a major storm, was somehow counter to the idea of just letting a storm take its proper course. And they assured me that it wasn't. It'll actually help to raise your home and property up to a different plane of energy, which makes sense when we're talking about inorganic weather. You're shifting the energy of your home to a vibration that won't vibe with weather projections. It's no guarantee that your home or property won't be affected by a natural disaster, but it sure helps. I also take a moment to tune in and connect with the spirits at my place ahead of every storm coming through and ask them to help hold down the fort and keep us safe. As big storms take hold, do your best to come into your own heart energy and then go or do what you are called to do. We each have a unique gift to share with this world. Yours might be to assist in humanitarian efforts related to storms like this, or it might be to share a beautiful piece of writing or music that will resonate with the people who need to hear it. 
or responding publicly in times like these might not be part of your calling at all. Your gift might be expressed in ceremony with the earth or in sharing energy healing with those affected by natural disasters. You'll know where your heart is pulled and you won't ever be steered wrong by your heart. Know that I will always be with you in spirit during these times, holding the vibration of love for the people and places in the path of these storms. I get the sense there's more that's going to be coming through to me about working with the weather in this unusual time, but for now, let us shift to the energy exchange. The place that wants to work with us today is Horsetail Fall in the valley of Yosemite National Park in the Sierras of Northern California. Yosemite is a magical place if you haven't been, the ancestral home of the Southern Sierra Miwok people. And Horsetail Fall is for sure the definition of magic. This seasonal waterfall tumbles over 2,000 feet down the face of El Capitan through winter and spring. And if the weather is just right, there are a couple of weeks in February where the sun sets at exactly the right angle to light up the waterfall and give it the appearance of fire pouring down the mountain. If you haven't seen pictures of this incredible sight, you have to go look them up. Now, it's a little funny to me that I was given not just a specific location, but a very exact time of year and weather phenomena to share the energy of. But as always, I trust that I'm being guided to share exactly what we all need in this moment. So, Set your intention to receive the light-encoded energy of this magical place. Close your eyes if you're somewhere that you can do that, and relax for just a moment as I quietly share the energy with you. It will now be quiet for just a moment. And so it is. I will leave you peacefully in this space and close the episode by reminding you that if you're ready to dive deeper into working with the spirits of the land in your own unique way, I would love to have you join me in the Earth Tenders Academy. All the details to learn more and join are in the show notes. Have a beautiful week and I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.